you're ready to take your leadership to the next level, you're in the right place. This is the Think on Purpose podcast, and I'm your host, Jen Fry. Let's dive in. And happy new year. It is officially 2024 when I am recording this and also when you are listening. And today I want to talk about an idea I'm calling under-responsible. And this is really coming out of episode 49, which was titled Over-Responsible. And I got some comments and some feedback about folks who were saying, but what about the other side? What about the opposite? So if you haven't listened to episode 49, Go back and do that and then listen to today's episode. So I want to talk about what does it look like when you're not completely taking responsibility? And we'll look at it from two sides, both the perspective of as a manager or a leader, but then what if your team member is doing this? What if your team member isn't taking responsibility? What do you do? So of course, as leaders, we always start with us. So When you think of a person who is a leader, manager, supervisor, whatever word works for you, how do they show up as responsible? What comes up for you as someone who's a responsible manager? And remember, we're not talking about over-responsible. We're not talking about taking care of the emotional needs of other people. We're not taking care of things that are out of our control. But when we're responsible, what does that look like? So here's a short list that I came up with. And just be thinking to yourself if you agree or disagree with this list. So I think number one, if you are truly a responsible leader, you are willing to examine your own thoughts and beliefs and you're willing and able to look at how do those thoughts and beliefs impact people around you. Now, my guess is that most people aren't doing this. I don't think most managers really understand the impact that they have or the way that they can influence other people simply because of their thoughts and beliefs. So that's number one. Number two is that they're owning the outcomes, right? So we're taking responsibility for the results that we achieve alongside our teams. We're taking accountability, but we're not taking accountability for the pieces that aren't ours. For example, the disappointment that someone might experience or the... um, any other emotion that might come along with doing a major project or even just a smaller task. We're not taking responsibility when we have delivered clear communication and the team member is still maybe unsure. At that point, now the team member needs to be able to step in and ask questions and they need to take that responsibility. When we are in a place as managers of constantly I'm going to call it nagging. That might not be the right word, but when we are constantly checking and double checking and did you do the thing, we have now taken responsibility. We are now over responsible. Okay, so we're willing to look at our own thoughts and beliefs. We're, we take, we own the outcomes that our teams create. We are committed. If we are responsible leaders, I really think that we are committed to curiosity and to learning. Um, And curiosity was the topic of our last podcast, episode number 50, but really paying attention to what is it that I might not know, right? Like, what do I think I know, but maybe I don't know? And being willing to be wrong about what I think I know. I think as responsible leaders, we bring out the best in other people. We see the best, we assume the best, and we bring out the best. 
we take care of creating processes and systems so that everything else that I just mentioned can happen. When we're constantly scrambling, when we don't have good processes and systems in place, it's really difficult to carve out the time to look at our own brains. It's difficult for our team members to know what to expect. So if you haven't done this, if you don't have a a manual, if you don't have standard operating procedures, if you don't have a systemized way of doing things that's documented, I would strongly suggest if you want to be a responsible manager that you hit that up next. Okay. And then here's the last thing is that as a responsible manager, we take our jobs seriously, but not ourselves. And what I mean by that is that we are still finding time for rest and for fun and for celebration. And that can happen in the workplace. So for example, I had a job where we would pretty consistently have little dance parties. We would turn on some music and just sort of dance around and have a good time and celebrate whatever we had accomplished that day or that week. Or if it was a difficult week, right? Now, this might date myself a little bit, but I was a Grey's Anatomies fan. And you know what did they do? They danced it out. Meredith always danced it out. So I think that can be a real positive that we can add to the workplace. Okay, now if you are under-responsible, of course, I would offer that you're probably not doing all of these things. You're not looking at your own thoughts and beliefs. You're not owning outcomes. You are not committed to curiosity and learning. You're not seeing the best in other people. You're not focused on those processes and systems. And you're probably not having a lot of fun either. So that's kind of my my initial list. Of course, it's not everything, but it's something to start playing around with and consider. Are there any areas where you could take a little bit more ownership? Now, when it comes to our team members, I think we're talking about folks who are not irresponsible. It's not that they're reckless or careless. It's not that they never do the things, but they just kind of like fly under the radar. There's no major infractions here, but it's kind of frustrating because as the leader, it's like, oh, this person like kind of has an excuse. There's a reason for the lateness. There's always something, but you can't quite nail it down. You can't quite put your finger on exactly what it is, which makes it very difficult in a lot of cases to have a clear conversation or to ha- to take any kind of action because they're just, they're like right there. And you're like, I don't know what it is. I just don't think they're doing exactly what I need them to be doing. So it could be that they're just under-responsible, not irresponsible, not careless, but not quite taking the full ownership that we'd like to see. So examples might be work is a little bit late, not like weeks or even days, but like maybe just a little bit later than you need it. Um, And that poses an imposition and it poses a problem for the rest of the team. Maybe this person is saying, all the reasons why other people are to blame, right? Someone someone didn't get them the information on time. And so therefore everything got backlogged. Or maybe they didn't get clear communication. Or maybe they didn't have all of the answers that they needed. But you'll notice a pattern where other people are always involved and other people are always holding the under-responsible person back. Maybe it's a case of it's never the right conditions. And what I mean by that is it's possible that there's a real resource issue. It's also possible if I'm under-responsible that I'm not trying to solve the problem of the resources, right? So if I know that, 
I don't know, bandwidth is an issue. Or I know that there's only a certain number of people who can log into a system at one time. Or I know that every Friday morning when payroll is about to hit, I know that that system gets backlogged. If I'm not doing anything about it, if I'm not managing my work schedule around these knowns, then I'm not taking enough responsibility. So I might be, as a manager, I might be listening for, is, is my employees, my team member consistently complaining or consistently underperforming because of the conditions? And then the last one I would offer, and again, definitely not a full or a complete list, um, but is the person disengaged? Are they doing the status quo without trying to make improvements? Are they coming in, doing the work? It's not like they're doing anything wrong even, but you're just not seeing that like that oomph or that desire for improvement, that desire to make things better. And I would offer, we don't even have to see it all the time, but is it there sometimes? Or again, am I in a place of being under-responsible? Now, here's the thing. I think a lot of times our employees, our team members are under-responsible because as the boss, as the leader, we allow it to happen. And sometimes we don't address these behaviors. Number one, because of what we sort of talked about, it's not necessarily specific. You have a hard time kind of pinpointing what's going on. But I think if we look at our own beliefs, if we look at our own thoughts about it, we might be the biggest reason why we're not having the conversation. So here's some things that have happened to me, some reasons why I haven't had conversations with people who are being under-responsible. Number one, I'm afraid of losing the person. It's the idea of like a warm body is better than nobody, um, especially in some of those frontline positions that maybe are a little bit harder to fill a front desk position, for example, or maybe a position where there's high turnover. Um, you might not want to like rock the boat because you're afraid of losing the person. But I would offer there's a consequence to that. There's a consequence to our patients and our clients, um, our customers, right? If they're getting that kind of service, there's a consequence there. There's also consequences to what the other members of the team are seeing and how they see us address these situations. So we are afraid of losing the body. The second one could be that we're afraid of offending the person, or we're afraid that we're going to make a big deal about nothing. So we're kind of like, oh, it's no big deal. It's fine. It's not that bad. And so we sort of talk ourselves out of these conversations. The next one is, they all kind of are related, but we might be afraid of making it worse. Like it's not terrible, but if I bring it up, I'm afraid they're going to be mad at me. And then this person's behavior is really going to get bad. And we're going to go from being under-responsible to maybe irresponsible, or maybe it'll get worse. And then maybe I actually agree with their assessment about the other person or about the conditions or about what it's like to get the work done. Now, you're probably not going to like this, but I would offer that in each of these scenarios, if we are not addressing the employee, the person who is not being responsible, the person who is under-responsible, then in turn, as the boss, manager, leader, supervisor, I am acting in a way that is under-responsible. So we have to be able to recognize our own roadblocks to having these conversations, to recognizing what's truly going on, 
And then we can turn our attention to the team member. And if we're not doing that, then we are the one really being under-responsible and setting the tone for the entire team. So once you've sort of identified the situation, you've noticed what's going on in your own brain, then here's a few questions to ask yourself as you, as you move forward and identifying and having this conversation with the person who is being under-responsible. So number one is to start with the facts. What are the facts about the performance? Because it's so easy to tell ourselves a story like, oh, Jen is always late. But the fact is, Jen was late one time last week and it was five minutes late, right? So really being factual about what is going on is going to help you take out some of the emotion when you believe that you have a team member who is being under-responsible. And again, if we're not doing our due diligence, then we as the leader become the one who is under-responsible. So once we have the facts, then we can ask ourselves, what is it within our control? Is it the timing of the task or project? Is it the directions or the explanation? Is it how we're communicating? Maybe this person needs something that's written versus versus verbal. Maybe this person needs um, a better way to access their email if they don't have their own cube or their own office. They're relying on a shared computer. Maybe that's part of the problem. So what are the resources? What's the communication? Who are the people involved? How can I look at what's within my control in this, in this situation? Once I recognize what's within my control, I can recognize what is not within my control. These are the areas that we do not want to try to take responsibility for because we can't do anything about them, right? Just like we can't control the weather or we can't control the speed of the internet. So we just don't want to spend a lot of time here. We want to acknowledge them and move on. And then the last question I would offer is, what exactly do I need from this person who is acting in an under-responsible way? Because if I can get clear on what exactly I need from them, now I'm set up to have the conversation. But I would really encourage you not to have any of these conversations until those four steps have happened. And the temptation is as leaders, right? We're so busy and we're so overwhelmed and we have these quick hallway conversations or like, hey, can you stop in my office for a quick minute? And we think this is just a quick delivery, just a quick, hey, I really need you to do this thing. But when we haven't stopped to go through all of these steps, we are being under-responsible and we are probably going to have a negative impact on the, the person that we're talking to Because for them, this is going to seem out of the blue. For them, they don't have any warning that this is coming. So we really want to make sure we have not just the the conversation in our head, but that we also have some time and space in which to really take our time and explore this issue with with our person. Now, again, I'm not saying you need like two hours or something like that, but there's a difference between scheduling a 15 minute in person conversation or a phone call versus, hey, can I borrow you for 30 seconds? It feels very different. Okay. So if you have someone on your team who is under-responsible, what are the facts? What is it within your control? What is not within your control? And what do you need from this person? If you are the one, as the manager leader, if you are the one being under-responsible, then it is time to take a hard look at that list I offered you at the beginning so that you can start to take responsibility and really role model this for your team members 
but also to really step into that role as a leader. I'm so curious what resonated with you. Let me know. Send me an email at jenfrycoaching at gmail.com. Find me on social media and let me know what works for you. I'd love to know how your company culture transforms when you as the leader stop being under responsible. See you all next week. Hey, don't forget to like and follow me on Instagram at jen.fry.coaching where we share more tips, more personal stories, and continue our journey to think on purpose. And if you liked today's episode, click those three dots and share it with a friend.